Thank you, everybody, joining us on Unlighten Me Experience. Jason Cisneros, the bald Avenger, joined us today. We had a great conversation. We got about an hour into it and then had some technical difficulties. So instead of jumping into a whole nother hour segment, which would easily have happened, we went ahead and stopped it there. You're going to see that. And we're going to have him back on in a week or two. So we we dive into a lot of things. A little bit of politics, a little bit of some of the charities and things that Jason are a part of, Feed a Billion and dealing with human trafficking and sex trafficking and even more. So we dive into a lot of topics in this hour. You guys are going to love it. If you do, which I know you will, click like, click subscribe, then hit that little bell thingy because subscription apparently doesn't mean anything with YouTube anymore. Um, maybe share it a little bit, talk about it and and have a good time. Please comment below. Uh, let me know what you think and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks. All right, three, two, one. All right, folks. Jason Cisneros, the Bald Avenger. I don't, I don't know exactly where that comes from, and we're gonna have to clarify that for my seven-year-old as we, as we go through these things. <laughs> but um, entrepreneur, public speaker, motivational speaker, philanthropist, um, involved in about everything under the sun, which made it really difficult on my end from a production standpoint to figure out what the hell we're gonna talk about, talk about today. So, thanks for coming on, Jason. I appreciate it, man. It's my pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. And it'll it'll actually make it because we have such a wide spectrum of things to talk about. It'll make it easier on us. <laughs> yeah. See, I, well, I think so. I tend to believe that. And um, yeah. but then it's it's sort of like I've got this list of of things here, you know, which everybody will see. But um, we may get to one of them. We may get to all of them. We may get to none of them. Okay. Perfect. But, but the most important thing in the world is the the continuity and stability of a seven year old's brain, especially a seven year old yes. boy. Okay. Amen. So I have to explain to him which adventure you are and what your superpowers are. So you're going <laughs> to, for him, because he watches the first, you know, maybe two and a half, three minutes of every, every episode of mine, we got to explain yeah. that for him. Otherwise I'm going to call you in the middle of the night and let you talk to him. <laughs> there you go. So, so the pre cussing version, I like that, that we'll get that in for the kids, right? Exactly. This is also the place where we put the, the, the disclosure that this is an explicit conversation. Yes. The, the warning's <laughs> coming up in a second. Exactly. So the bald Avenger, um, came about, it, it's really, we'll probably touch on this a lot while we're talking, but what, what I believe is that every human being has some sort of a superpower and, and we say superpower because it's easy to understand. But I think right. what essentially boiled down, what that means is we all have the potential for greatness. Not all of us accept it. Not all of us optimize um, the greatness, the potential that we have. And, and for me, it came about in a little bit of a silly way, um, you know, just having a conversation, uh, you know, some of the things I do in, in uh, child rescue, uh, feed a billion, you know, all the, the philanthropic stuff that I do. And uh, one day somebody says, you know, you're kind of like a bald Avenger. And, and it kind of stuck. And then I started, you know, when I would, you know, sign into things, I would put the bald Avenger and then it, it, it got to a point where we said, all right, how do we build an audience? Because as I've in philanthropy, what I've figured out is that celebrity drives a lot of eyeballs to the things that you care about. And so we would bring in people like Ashton Kutcher and, and mm -hmm. sort those sort of people. And finally, one day I said, you know, why, why don't, after dealing with so many of them and finding out that very few of them are actually genuine, Ashton's a, is, is an exception to that rule. That man is pure gold, pure heart, you know, and is helping a lot of, uh, of things in the world. But for a lot of them, it's just show up, get the check, take the picture, leave. Yeah. And, you know, and so for, for me, I've built a, a fairly successful company. Um, and I decided, you know, we we're just sitting around the boardroom saying, what could we do? 
And I said, well, why don't I become a celebrity? You know, and it was Joe, you know, I was kind of half joking, but, um, you know, two people around the room didn't laugh. Everybody else did. And they said, well, I think he's kind of serious. And so we like, what do we do? You know, do I go to Hollywood to be in a few movies? Eh, I've got a face made for radio. So maybe that's not, not it. I'm only missing two things that, that great actors have good looks and talent. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so, so what I decided was, you know, why don't we just go down the comedy route? Because some of the great, some of the greatest people that have shaped and influenced, um, our dialogue, our national dialogue have been comedians, you know, Mm -hmm. um, from from uh, uh, now I've just <laughs> lost a, a Carlin George Carlin and yes, you know and, and the like you know of his of his ilk they said important things and made it funny for us to accept and so I decided to go that route and we're and you know the bald Avenger came up and you can you know you can see behind me I had a, a really good uh, graffiti spray paint Spain art uh, spray yeah. paint artist come in and and do this background. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of, to it, but essentially what happens is when when you or I are called to action to protect people that are in a weaker position, not weaker than us, but they're in a weaker position, whether that's physically, um, spiritually, uh, money wise, you know those type of things. We're called to to stand up for them, right. and and. In my entire life, you can ask all of my friends, you know, I would stand up for them and, and when they were up against a bully. And so I, and, and my daughter, when we were at the, at the, um, at the zoo one time, she looked in the thing and she said there, you know, there was an ape in there and she goes, or, uh, sorry, uh, um, a, uh, a gorilla, a silverback gorilla. And she goes, daddy, it's you. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's kind of like when I get angry for other people, I sort of turn into this this red, you know, ape that wants to protect my tribe. And, and so we kind of all gathered that together and we had no idea when we went to put in for the trademark, whether we would get it or not, but we did. And so I'm actually the trademarked bald Avenger. (laughs) Ah, see. So I, you know, since it's trademarked, I'll tell you that. So on the overlay that you can't see on this thing is that as I actually used your, uh, I stole your logo and put it next to your name. So people will see that. So make sure we get the verbal okay that I can do that. And and absolutely as- <laughs> got it. And and the the, the the logo because all of my companies, the ones that are worth the most money, have like two letters in them that we put zero thought into the into the actual logo. This yeah. one's important. The shield on there is where in domestic violence that I was given the nickname the shield uh, from mm-hmm. a new dawn and the ladies that we work with in 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 that area. And then the scales of justice are kind of keeping in the middle, like politically, you know, I don't, yeah. I, we're not, we, I don't, I like to talk about politics, but from a middle, what can we do about things? You know, there's great exactly. ideas on the left, great ideas on the right. And somewhere in the middle is what may has made this country great. So there's that. And then the, obviously the, the, the red ape and, and all those kind of things. So it's See, a, it's a good logo. I like it. No, I liked it. That's why I was like, Oh, let me, let me steal this thing and, and throw yeah. that on there for you. I mean, really for you, it's, yeah, you know, you know how that goes. But, um, so I do want to talk about that. You start recently started the bald Avenger podcast, correct? Yes. Bald okay. event, the bald Avenger show.com. Okay. And that's, that's exactly what I wanted to get to. And that's, I mean, is, are you, so this is a selfish question. Are you doing web calls primarily or are you having some in-person or are you just mixing it up? It's, your- it's a mix. It's a mix. Okay. I have a studio here. Uh, we did, you know, a new dawn, all those ladies and 
fantastic show by the way and they always go off the rails all yeah. of my shows go off the rails because there's really you know there's really no holding back when you're talking about truth and uh, so we do some in studio and we do some distance okay so in the in on the in studio ones are great i mean because that's here i've got the studio i do the whole thing i love yes. it it's engaging it's authentic you can't escape the authenticity of, of in person so the yes. web call thing how do you how do you keep that genuine and authentic does that make sense? Because it's it is it, tough. It's a great though. question. Now, if I could give a specific answer, what I would say is that most of the people that come on, I do a pre-call with most of my people. Yeah. And and they've you know a lot of them have seen my stuff before, and they know not to come in with any bullshit because I will rip yeah. it to shreds. Yeah. You know, it it, <laughs> it really just uh, basically come in, be authentic, and and yeah. let the world judge kind of what's valuable and what's not valuable. But what I do know for a hundred percent sure, and you know, this mm -hmm. is that inauthenticity, it, it does more damage than it'll ever do good. Yeah. Oh, by and, far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's what, you know, I've, I've eight miled myself so many times about the mistakes I've made. I wrote a book about all my mistakes. Like, you know, so, so authenticity is kind of my thing mm -hmm. and people know not to come in and, and try to lie or, or put a, a, a pretty coating on things. See, I like it. So now I do it a little different. I don't do the pre-call. Yeah. Because I just like, I like when something is new or fresh, I like to be caught off guard. Yes. I like to be kept on my toes. I like to be able to keep thinking. So it's like any time that every person that I've had on, even in studio, that is um that I know them well or that I've had a lot of conversations with them, it always, it seems like I lose that little bit of energy and um, mm. so I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm going to go just moderately prepared right. and then bounce and ebb and flow with what goes on. And um, for me, I love it. Um, I get a lot of a criticism for that. Yeah. <laughs> he says a lot of people are like, dude, call me beforehand. Dude, do this. Hey, do this. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Not, not me. I don't want to lose. Yeah. I don't want to well, lose. It's not me aspect. either. So we should have a great show. I, you know, I don't prepare uh, even my speeches. Like every single time I go, you know, to give a, a talk in front of whether it's 30 people or 10,000 people or on, on a national broadcast, I go with an idea of what I'm going to talk about. And not mm -hmm. one single time have I ever got off, gone off of my prepared notes, See, you know, because to be present like you are to be present and talk about the thing that's important is the thing that people are going to eventually need to hear. And mm -hmm. it's also interesting. See, so I, I love that approach. So I'm going to, I'm going to go dive straight into the the politics part of this and get it out of the way. Because, Let's you know, do it. Yeah. We've got 50% love the heck out of Trump and 50%, you know, want to see him jump off the deep end and so on and so forth and all those evil things too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. without getting into your history, cause we know that you, you came from, you know, drug sales and, and collecting. I just, I, I love the way you, you said that right before we started <laughs> not collecting the drugs, collecting the things from the people. Sometimes that could be knuckles, teeth, hair, spines, mm -hmm. whatever, but you know, the collection side, all that. um, some of your charity work with, with human trafficking, sex trafficking, things of that nature, let's attack some of your perspectives on the wall, the barrier, sure. the fence, whatever the heck people are calling it. I mean, do you think it, if there's any impact, do you think it'll help some not kind of what's your over overview of that? Well, again, like I try to do with everything, those scales of justice, I try to look at it from two different perspectives and, and when it comes to trafficking and, and I don't, I, it, for me, nothing is really, I don't, I try to, to do my best not to base things on a political tribe. Right. What I try to do is I try to look at the problem and then how do you leave it? I have to, that's my business, right? right? I mean, in order for you to turn a profit, you've got to look at 
things for what they are, not for what they aren't. And the problem is that everybody thinks they have an opinion right now and their opinion and opinions are very, very shallow. You know, they just want to line up with Republicans or they just want to line up with Democrats. And unfortunately or fortunately for us, the answer is always a mix of the two. Right. Exactly. And yes. and so when when somebody says a, a wall is immoral, that's a political talking point. When you know, when somebody says we're going to build a 2000 mile wall, that's it, it's completely idiotic. Yeah. You know, there there's. <laughs> There, the, that's what I'm saying. There's two sides of everything. And, and what you got to do is look at the problem and, and trafficking specifically. And, and um, the guy that started Operation Underground Railroad, which is one of the entities I work with, I work with about six in the trafficking world. Um, Tim Ballard did a really, really great interview on Fox News the other day talking about this specific item, saying that it just, you know, a wall is a pause in, in, somebody being able to take a little girl from a family in Mexico or in the United States and go across the border. It's a, it's a pause, you know, right. is it the, the end all be all? No, it's not. There's a lot of other things that need to go with it. All the technology that they talk about, the drones and the, all that kind of stuff. There's, it's not a simple build the wall and that's it. And it's not a simple, just put technology in place and that's it because exactly. both of them working in concert and everybody that is, has any sort of, um, in, integrity based intellect knows that that's true. You know, you've got one side that voted $25 billion for barriers and all this other kind of stuff. And now not one red cent to me, you know, to me, you're supposed to be the adults, right? That's what leadership is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the adults in the room and, and both sides act childish, you know, and, and what we're supposed to do as the electorate, as, as citizens, like as engaged citizens, is to investigate the the actual problem and the challenge and then listen to both sides and come to a conclusion that we can all agree to that's non-political based it's it's outcome based right uh, unfortunately that's not the world we live in right now but but i can tell you that barriers work um barriers are necessary so is technology i don't yeah. think that putting up a barrier between uh, us and uh, and mexico is a racist uh, uh, activity I just, you know, no, it's because, silly. Because if it was, then it would be, it would have been racist under Obama, and that's just silly, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And and it would be a, a, a racist under Trump, and it's just not either way. What we do is we have a problem of of opioids, and yes, they come in through other ways, and they come in through the air, and we have overstays of visas. All of that stuff is relevant. It's not lies, you right. know. And, and but to negate the other argument. Uh, to to basically d destroy somebody that's in your same boat, you know, mm -hmm. he's the president of the United States. He's in the just like Obama was, you know, and to destroy them puts a hole in the boat that we're all floating in. And I don't understand that at all. It it seems silly. And, it, you know, sort of my two cents on that part of it is that I just can't understand why anyone would disrespect the the seat or position of the president of the United States. That blows yeah. my mind. Because yeah. no matter if they won the electoral or the popular or this or that, they won. They're there. They were elected. They were properly elected. Respect the seat. And respect respect the seat doesn't mean don't debate, don't challenge, don't do. I mean, yes, by all means, challenge every aspect of it because that's how we learn yeah. and we grow and we do these things. But um, yeah. I don't want to go off into my political tangent. I, you know, just people need to understand we're not a democracy. We're a republic. 
and then go Google that and see the differences and, and you'll understand yeah, it's why. It's a constitutional republic to be very specific, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and the point, you know, the point being um, of, of those two sides, Donald Trump personality wise makes it tough for people to, to separate the office from the person. Right. Right. And, right. and what you, whatever you think about him ends up coloring that though. So when people look at that, they go, why in the world would I respect a position when this guy's not respectable? And that's right. coming from their perspective. And then you've got other sides that say, it's just a personality issue. Look at all the good things he's done, right. you know, and somewhere in the middle is the fact that he's our president. The same thing happened with Obama. The same thing happened with Bush. The same thing happened with Clinton. The same thing will happen with the next person. The yes. challenge or the thing that I'm worried about is that the next president comes in, the Democrats are training the Republicans on how to treat that president and, and to attack them and to investigate them and to do all these things, just vote him out. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Win the right. argument, right? right? right. Instead of, of bringing and executing on all of these things that I think are doing damage to our company or to our country. Which, which is a company. <laughs> you can it, be honest. It is. It, it, yeah. It's the, it the, the, LLC or, or, uh, Inc, you know, USA Inc. <laughs> it, it, I mean, that's, I mean, cause so many people sort of, they'd have that sort of Freudian slip when they talk about our country slash com company and it, it just yeah. cracks me up. So the, yep. the wall issue, clearly a majority, uh, come through, you know, the air, through the water, through roadways, through things like that. Of I'm talking trafficking, even drugs. I mean, they're saying yeah. I've heard things as high as, you know, 90, 92% of all these opioids, all these things come through, um, current ports, Port, ports of so entry. The, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the wall isn't necessarily going to affect those, but this is, this is me. And this kind of comes back from some of the things I saw through my, you know, years of service and even years of humanitarian efforts and things of that nature outside mm -hmm. of that in other countries, not just here, but in other countries, what, what are you as a person or country or entity willing to pay to save the life of one child? That's the question. At the and, end of the day, that's the one question that matters. And right. human human trafficking is different than yes. all the op opioids and all that kind of stuff. Because when you go uh, come through the air, there's people, I mean, I just posted something on my Facebook where, you know, this lady caught this guy that was flying this little, this young woman uh, mm -hmm. on a plane yeah. and they caught him and, and were able to, to rescue her. When it's the middle of the night and it's in, you know, and it's along our, our long open border, it's a lot easier for you to bring or smuggle in a, a child or other humans that are being used. I mean, cause it's not just children is the, right. the most heinous side of it that are being traded for sex, but there's also people that are being held in slavery to work, you know, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, that are being held in slavery to, to, uh, to be, to be utilized for financial gain, right. which is, it, you know, it's, it's horrible more, you know, more slavery exists today than the entire, uh, um, history of the transit transit transatlantic trade, sir, which is, is amazing. And I've gotten in debates over that. That's math. You yeah. know, that's math. Oh yeah. And it is in, in the, I'm just going to use the slavery. The modern slavery is far more populous and far more, um, of a problem than just the sex trafficking or just the children. The children are a smaller portion, just being real, but still they do. I mean, that's just the more intense, grotesque side of things. So it it's is. just, you, you made it, you said, you said a, a word that was perfect for, 
for the wall in the way that I've discussed this with a lot of people is you said it creates a pause. Yes. Okay, that pause allows law enforcement or ICE or the technology or anything else to zero in on these things in a much more efficient and proper manner. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, to react. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just one of those things, and, and I just kind of wanted your two cents clearly coming from a history of your life that you dealt with some of this. Um, yeah. And then obviously being, because you, you're in San Diego, right? No, well, I mean, sometimes. sometimes. But, okay, sometimes. <laughs> but, but still, yeah, so but you De- see some Denver, of that. Denver, yeah, Denver's my main base, and then I okay. also Salt Lake and California. Like, I'm all okay. over the place. So when you're in Southern California, you see some of these things. I'm in yes. South Texas, you know, I'm in, in Houston, South side of Houston. So I see a whole lot of it and I'm still whatever, six, six miles away from the border. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. or six hours, yeah. you know, of, of a yeah. drive. And, um, but you see it all the time. You see these things and it's, I just, I, I like that perspective that you have, that it is a middle thing. Yeah. A wall is not immoral. A wall is not racist. We want to help people. We are one of the most generous countries in the world by far. If you put in, try getting spend. into Canada. Have you ever tried to get yeah. into Canada? <laughs> I mean, I've been in, I've been into countries in the Middle East that, that, that are hard, that are easier to get into than Canada. This is okay. This is it's post nine eleven, right? So this was like two thousand ten, I think. This is Canada, and I'm going yeah. across the Canadian border. My wife and I, we um, we went, we flew into to Buffalo, and we mm-hmm. rented a car so we could drive across and see some of the scenery going through. So we're driving into Canada for a bodybuilding competition, some a world championship and all this nonsense but um to toronto i almost didn't get in to the country because my paperwork wasn't perfectly right coming through yeah and i was just like i just i just like i can see the arena where i'm going i just want to go right there that's it and it was it almost didn't happen yeah no i I mean that's what i'm saying it it, people that again it's it's this thing that people it's a shallow knowledge base that we have allowed ourselves to to become with social media thinking that you know these online mobs and and people the the problem with a mob is that it's going to turn against you at some point in your life one way or the other if you do anything of any value you know the mob will turn against you so the feeding of that is basically feeding the individual's uh, uh destruction that is actually participating in it and i and i really believe that trolls and and these mob look if there's something that you want to, that you think is going wrong in the world, you should fight like hell to get the, you know, to go, to go against that thing. I mean, 2 million little kids being trafficked around the world for sexual purposes from, from sexual predators is something that I will fight tooth and nail and, and have put my life on the line. You put your life on the line for this country for ideals that you believe. And, and we should do that. Right. But when it comes down to fighting over petty political things, I think that you're doing damage to your children and to the future. And a lot of people just don't care. You know, right. they just don't right. care what, because once they're dead, what do I care? You know, right. it's all this uh, right now and all about me society that we've built rather than going deep and becoming intellectually, uh, uh, having intellectual integrity about having thoughts about things. You know, a, a lot of my friends I've got wild left wingers and I've got right, wild right wingers that, that I fight with all the time. You know, I get, I got told about my podcast because that's where my message is. It's listening to both sides and then coming up with the, the right solution. I get told all the time, Jason, the only thing in the middle of the road is roadkill, <laughs> right? Because right. there's no money unless yeah. you're creating controversy and gathering a mob. 
and and that was why I started it. I've I've made my money in in private equity and my other businesses, so I could be a voice of what I consider sanity. I mean, you know, some people yeah. think I'm an asshole too. I don't, you know, what I'm trying to do is is to to leave a better world for my kids and my grandkids than exists today. And we lose that perspective, right? If you go back and you look at and listen to and and read anything about architecture. You know, it used to be the grandfather thought it up, broke ground, got the foundation in place. He would pass away, go on to the sun, you know, and then the sun would would build up the structure and start on the inside. He would pass away, be given to the to the sun and the sun would see it completed. Right. right. But we don't right. think generationally anymore. We think about us and we think about uh, our moment rather than the damage that's happening. You know, that one of the guys, um, one of the guys that I that I completely disagree with politically um uh, professor. Oh man, I just forgot his name, but, uh, that's it. We'll, we'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get to it. But <laughs> point is that he fights for, for, um, you know, for freedom of speech and those types of things. And he's a Democrat. Well, he's actually protect, you know, coming out uh, for Trump on the things that they're doing and, and the way that they're investigating him and whatnot. And, um, I can see his face clear as day. It's driving me crazy, but, um, you know, but, but, but he's intellectually, he has intellectual integrity because he's fighting for the freedom of speech. He's for, fighting for the freedom for us to, if we vote somebody into office, to, then we should support them and then fight like hell to get them back out of office if we disagree with them, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dershowitz, Dershowitz, Dershowitz okay, Alan yeah. Dershowitz. Yeah. yeah, and he got, you know, he's been totally ostracized from, you know, his comfortable position in the democratic party because he dare he dare say the same thing in protection of the other side yes. that he was saying for years and years and years and built his career on when he was fighting for the progressives and the democratic side man i wish i could remember the label they gave him they gave they gave him this new term that's an it's alt-right something yeah and um, i mean and for years oh, he was like a, it, yeah. the champion of progressive uh yeah. progressive values and then all of a sudden he goes wait a minute you know, all of those things I fought against now are being employed against Donald Trump. I have to say something. Exactly. And he, I became a huge fan of his, not because he was, he's not, he by any means, he voted for, for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And so by no means is he a Donald Trump fan. I don't think he, I think he despises the man, but fundamentally what made this country great and what would keep it great has to be argued for when it's being employed against someone uh, that you disagree with or don't like personally. Well, that's the, that is the most important time to fight for rights is when yes. you're protecting the, those exact rights that are afforded to you. When it's you not easy to do with. so. Exactly. Yep, when it's not easy oh, to do so. Exactly. I want to switch gears a little bit. Cause I want to talk a little bit about the, um, the billion mills. Okay. Okay. And yeah. um, I saw a little bit of the news clip and things of that nature. And, and I, I didn't dive too deep into it. Although I understand the premise, I understand the fundraising and, and, um, mm -hmm. and I know some of the, the matching and things that, that are going on with it. The, I want you to tell me a little bit about it, but I have a question. Um, I was primarily brought up in a Buddhist mentality, if that kind mm -hmm. of makes sense, more of a worldview yeah. mentality. And so mm -hmm. the first thing I thought when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then being a light went off on my head and I was like, are they actually handing out meals? Or are they handing out meals and teaching people to to provide for themselves? For example, mm -hmm. we're taught one of the silly little lessons that we have is that is it better to give hungry people, um, you know, the the melon, or is it better to give them the ways to grow the melon? 
Sure. Right. So do you fix the immediate need or do you fix the long, larger need, which fits into kind of what you were saying a second ago, generationally, how we adjust right. our perspective generationally. So definitely, because I, I love the project. So tell me a little bit about the project. But more importantly, I want to know sort of the mechanics of the project. I think that's well, more you hit on something that's fundamentally deeper in your question, right? right? Which is something that I bounce up against all the time. And 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 it and it comes out in your your question is very kind and and I understand it right, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of people we'll, where we'll go out and we'll be talking about human trafficking and they'll be like, you know, somebody will stand up in the audience and go, well, don't you know that they just get re-trafficked again and blah 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 and I'm like yeah. and I look at the crowd sometimes and I, and literally I, I did this it was a crowd of like four or five thousand people and I go hey, asshole, would you rather I have not fucking saved her in the first place? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. like and, and I've lit and I just went off on stage because, you know, but what your point is well taken is that are we teaching them? We're not feed a billion is not. It's taking away the immediate crisis of starvation. That's okay. the entire reason that it exists. No education, no, okay. no building of because when I look at, okay, what are the, what are the things that lead to trafficking? Okay. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it's an, it's a insecurity when it comes to fiscal position in life. That means feeding, putting a roof over your head, safety, security, you know, those kind of things. And so parents sometimes have to make decisions mm-hmm. to sell their kids. Sometimes they, they are in a position where the kids, where the, the parents die of starvation, they're left as orphans. Now you're left to, to the, to the, um, spiritual positioning of where they end up. Sometimes they're left completely alone. And there's a lot of wolves out there that are looking to take advantage of the weak. Right. And so what, what we said was with feed a billion, um, and with, you know, you'll, you'll hear the same thing from, from, uh, Tim Ballard, who started operation underground railroad mm-hmm. and with a new dawn is that, we have to pick and, and why I'm involved in so many, we support about 80 different charities and they're all in alignment of creating a different environment right. because there is, there are charities out there that help fundamentally retrain people. There's, there's fun, there's charities out there that are, that are teaching skill sets. There, there's charities out there that are building schools. There's yes. a whole bunch of this charitable um, Buddhist mentality that, that says, you know, we're all on the same ship. We need to support and love and, and lift each other up. Right. Um, feed a billion and the ones that are very specific in their outcome. It's in the name, feed right. a billion, right? It, a new dawn is very specific about long-term transitional housing for uh, d- uh, victims of domestic violence and their children, okay? Um, Operation Underground Railroad is about the rescue but they're also uh, uh, helping other charities that set up, op, you know, the adoption centers and job retraining and psychological uh, uplifting and all that kind of stuff. So one entity can't do it all, Correct. right? And all one person can do is all they can do, which is why we started up this support system to help multiple charities build foundational strength from business. I bring this from the business world. I just give it away. I don't charge. I don't, it's not we give it away to all these charities um, about how to build their foundation. And then also even my consulting company that we built, uh, we, we work with companies that in their P and L, in other words, their profit and loss yeah. with their checkbook, they're writing checks uh, to charities 
because those people all help. If you're just looking for a bigger house and, and another Ferrari, that's not, you're not my customer, right? you know, because I'm right. looking to, to hit a pebble. I, I mean, my pebble, I, I got a pebble to throw in the pond one a day, boom, yeah. you know, one a day, one a day. And, and when I help 50 companies be able to make a, a multiple of 50 to a hundred million dollars, and they're already writing checks. I know that there's going to be money there for the other charities. When I'm yeah. fund, when I'm helping the foundation of a charity, I know that they're going to be more sustainable over time without me being there, just like my companies are. They're going to be more sustainable over time, so they get more work done. Right. It's all in alignment. And so yeah. the, the the foundation of your question, I'm glad you asked it because I don't get to address it very often, which is, you know, you've got to find whatever it is that you're passionate about. You've got to figure out a way to support multiple different approaches to it. And the charitable world has to stop being a bunch of little bitches and fighting with each other over resources. There's yeah. enough to go around for everybody. And because you're not getting enough time or attention or, or, or accolades or, or pats on the back or whatever it is, I get, I get attacked more inside the philanthropic world than I do anywhere else. Yeah. Why? Because, oh, Jason got so much of a, so much attention. That's the, that's the only reason I don't need to do this shit. That's the only reason I talk about this stuff is to get attention. Not for me. I don't need it. I it's a, it's attention for the kids that need it. It's attention for the abused women that are, that are forgotten and lost and swept under the rug and left behind and, and people that, that, that don't pay attention to them. Somebody like us has to stand up and go fucking bald Avenger. Let me make up a, a, a silly name and go out there and bring a bunch of attention to this stuff. Cause Hey, pay attention. Little kids are getting raped every single day, right? There is people that are starving, not starvation related. One, two, three, four, somebody just dropped dead of starvation on this planet yeah. when there's plenty of food and there's distribution and control that's stopping it. Exactly. You know, every 11 seconds, there's a domestic violence occurrence, right? So these are the statistics that you got to get out of, you know, inside of charity. I'm speaking to charity, people that are in charity, mm -hmm. stop being so petty. You know, if exactly. you're going to complain about the junior high uh, students that we have running the U S government, <laughs> stop acting like one yourself, exactly. you know? And I got, I literally had that. I had a guy that literally goes on and does, does undercover missions. And he, he was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And was complaining and whining and bitching because the fact that I was drawing attention to this, this idea, you know? And I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding? Like that day I was like, I, I mean, I walked around in a daze for probably two hours going, what is happening? <laughs> it's it, people's common sense has evaporated for to yes. a large degree. They're not everyone. I don't want everybody, you know, I don't want all the hate mail, not everyone, but a large number of people with any sort of authority or power for some yeah. reason in the last 10 years, that common sense has evaporated, but it yeah. was, um, you hit a couple of points that, that I love. I want to kind of reiterate the Please. thing about other charities complaining and, and such that someone else is getting more attention and things of that nature, um, over resources and, and such. The, the deal, my perspective on that is this, what you're doing with feed a billion is exactly what I think almost every charity should do and be for a lack of better terms, be niche, yes. be specific, be focused, yes. be honed because yes. it's the fact that you're providing meals. You're not saying that they don't need education and they don't need this other help. It's not, you're saying this is a gap. This is a hole. We're trying to fill it. And there's other people that can fulfill this specific need. And I yes. think the problem with so many charities nowadays, they get too broad. 
They want to do everything. And it's, well, it's just like every other business that, that exists out there. They think right. that they do so many things. One of the largest companies in the history of the world, Apple, prides themselves on what they say no to, not what they say yes to. Exactly. And 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 when you start a charity, the, the, there's there's so many beautiful things about people that start charities. There's a niche of people that are doing it because they want attention for themselves and they're, they're just attention whores and that, right. like that's right. the, but when you're a genuine, like heart centered person, you start a 501 C three. One of the things is I love enough. I have enough heart that my charity is going to go out there. And I ask them very specifically, what is your measurable outcome? Well, mm -hmm. we're going to change the earth through communication. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck does that mean? And how are you going to do it? You know what I mean? No, it's there's 2 million tra kids being traded. How do we get that to 1.5? How do we get that to one? There's right. a feed a billion. We have a billion meals that we want to provide in a specific time frame, right? When we're talking about the long-term, uh, the long-term deal for a new dawn, right? The long-term uh, crisis housing and transitional housing, it cost X amount of dollars. They had a five-year plan to be able to build this. We did it in 18 months, right? Awesome. And yeah, awesome. because they're focused. And the problem is, is that people get in and they don't have any business sense, which is why we have the, we have this, it's a stupid thing. It's J, called the Jason Cisneros charity resources page on Facebook. Okay. And once a month I go in there and I just teach about business and how to structure their, their deal. And anybody that has a 501c3 and can provide their paperwork can come in for free. We don't allow any oh, selling to them. We just, we just support them on, on these fundamentals of how to build their, uh, build their actual business. And it is a business. Your profit may not be money, but your profit is lives. Your pro your profit is meals. Your profit is how many women can you can you get into this transitional housing? You know that's your profit, right? And and so it's still the business fundamentals, and that's just the way my brain works. But you're right. You're 100 percent right. No, it is, and it's it's what I think is kind of comical to me a little bit is that these charities by fighting over these resources are doing the exact same that they're trying exact same things that they're trying to combat. Because one of yes. the first things you talked of is that, you know, why are these children or adults being enslaved or trafficked in and things of that nature? It's because their resources are significantly lower than what's comparable to where they can get to. Yes. Right. And obviously, and that, that's the most yeah. simplistic way I can put it. But it's just when yeah. they do that, that's exactly what the charities are doing. They're creating the exact same environment. So then the donors, the general population, are probably going to hesitate more like they do. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, for every dollar I give, how much goes to these people? Two cents, three cents? You know, you yeah. get into that mentality of so many donors, which then True. means less people are helping, which means you're exacerbating the problem. That's right. Which I can't. I so, can't. you know, to use your terminology of the wall, right? You're either right. building a wall of, of solution or you're tearing down a wall. I mean, right. you have to fight. When you go to Africa, you know, you have to, you have to fight the embedded control because money over there means very little. Mm -hmm. It's food. Right. You know, and so when when a warring tribe can control incoming food and all this other kind of stuff, it's getting engaged. You know, I, I appreciate the money that comes in, but it's knowledge, it's intellect, right. it's having the 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 empathy to be able to engage with people because when we're trying to feed a child or we're trying to rescue a little girl somewhere in the world or a little boy or we're tr and some or some woman just got her teeth all completely mm -hmm. knocked out, her jaw broken. And her and her kids all watch that happen. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. What I care exactly. is that you're a fucking human being exactly. and that you care and that you engage, you know, and and that's what we need to do is stop retreating into our our fantastical, you know, fantasy world of of social media 
you know, and, and be real. I mean, and the problem is, is that with being real, you're going to find out that I'm a flawed human being, you know, Absolutely. I'm going to find out that you're a flawed human being. And in those flaws is what used to create beauty. And it used to create a, a standard of, of activity where human beings would try to become better because they were engaged with their, with their uh, humanity and, and their fellow humans in a, in a genuine fashion. Not this fake shit that's going on 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 Facebook and Instagram and all the other kind of shit. You know, you got a you got somebody that's got a great ass that has you know seventeen million followers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you know, okay, and oh, and I then can't. you've got somebody that's that's saving little girls and little boys or whatever it is that has a thousand followers. Right. It's completely, you know, it's completely flip flopped as to what's important. It is, and I, I I have this conversation a million times as far as legitimacy on social media and things yeah. like that. You know, a good pair of tits and ass gets all the attention, and then all the substantial information, no matter what it is, saving lives or science or met, gets nothing, almost negative attention, which is insane. I don't know how we flip it because dealing with a lot of the things that we're talking about, um, yeah. and just say a lot of the major issues of the world, if we can somehow start a spark or plant a seed to start adjusting how people view and use social media to trend that towards more things of, of more actual importance. Yeah. This entire globe will change instantly. It will be overnight. Our, the global perspective will be, it'll be a, a you know, 180, a 360, however you want to math that out. I just well, don't you know see, how to do that. Yeah. Well, you see the hashtag misfit nation right. on all of my stuff, right? And, and what happened was a couple years ago, uh, we had, we had a, a group of people come together around what I was talking about. Cause I just, I just had had it, you know, I just had had it. I'm like, nobody's saying the stuff that I'm feeling. And so I started saying it and, and it just kind of grew into this crazy thing. And then somebody said, you know, we're misfits. And then somebody said, it started hashtagging misfit nation. I didn't come up with it, but we, but the group of, of people that follow, um, and, and that we're, that we're, that we're building is called misfit nation. Mm. And what that means is it's somebody that, that has fucked up in life is not going to live there. They're going to forgive themselves. They're going to apologize for the mistakes they made. And they're going to stop doing the thing that was causing, you know, pain or suffering in the world. And then they're going to use those lessons to serve back into the world in general. And that's really what the misfit nation is all about. And they, and they it's a crazy group of people that have all done Matt had massive mistakes and now they are dedicated and addicted to serving other people. And so that's yeah. the spark that, that I think that, that, that I wanted to start, that I want to be a part of, that I want to fan into a flame. And that's why the bald Avenger show even exists in the first place. See, I'm going to need to like, I'm going to jump onto that a little bit. So I'm going to wind yeah. up taking the coattails of that one and, and sliding when we get off of here and future sure. things, because it's, um, that ties kind of into what, what I want to, what I want to tap into next. Um, so a buddy of mine, Dan Crenshaw, who was on my show before he was elected and just starting that process and things that into Congress. Love um, that guy. He's, he's awesome. I mean, amazing yeah. guy and, and getting there and doing those things. And he sparked something in me that made me start thinking of attempting public service right? Either through mm. politics or through something those lines. And here's the obstacle I came into. And then this is a broader question to get your perspective. So I've been through, I'd, I've been through a divorce. It was yep. a horrible, ugly, nasty custody battle, right? Yep. In those things, especially in the state of Texas, you know, 
um, the mother's word is everything. It's gold, yep. it's star, anything that is said, they, they, all this kind of stuff. It was super nasty. But because of that divorce, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. I will not, because of the nastiness of that, there's no way I could ever be elected to public office. Right. And the, the reality of me, I've never had a speeding ticket. I've never been arrested. I've never been, you know, accused of things. I've never been, I mean, nothing. Like it, yeah. when, when I say a squeaky clean, highly decorated life, that is an understatement. And that sounds egotistical. It's not. I'm just trying to pan that in there. But the yeah. fact that I went through an ugly custody battle and was accused of everything under the sun that was unsubstantiated to all degrees, anyone that's gone through them, they know. Mm-hmm. I can't, there's no way I could, I could serve. There's no way. So, so how do people, it, how do people correct it, that? Like, where's yeah, it's, the, a great, it's, a, it's a great question. And, and a lot of it comes down to your individual belief. I mean, I, you know, you're, you are, like you said, squeaky clean, decorated. You went through this one bad thing. I actually cheated in my marriage. Like mm-hmm. I actually went bankrupt. Like I actually fucked up different companies. Like I did shit. I've been to jail. I've, you know, yeah. I was a drug dealer. I was a cleric, like all of these things. I actually did that shit. And so when I very first started to come out for, for, um, charities, you know, I got, I got a lot of blowback and I had to step back and I had this conversation with my mom because the first article I did that was, that was in Forbes, uh, about me, uh, you know, basically what I got called was a liar about mm-hmm. the things that I said. And what they were questioning was the fact that my adopted father went to prison for trying to kill me and my mom when I was 17. And so they did a little bit of background, couldn't find the, the you know, the documentation or whatever. And then, and basically we're going to, we, it was going to go the opposite direction. Right. And so, you know, when I did that, I mean, obviously I have, there's, uh, articles, uh, cause I was, uh, you know, fairly, um, visible football player, wrestler, you know, sports figure in that area. And it was big news kind of all up and down the corridor there in Colorado. And, um, and so, I, I have those and then we have the court proceedings and we have the fact that he got 33 years for attempted murder, you know, right. and all of that stuff. And I sent it off to him and we, it was all kind of smoothed over, but I sat down with my mom and I said, is this worth it? You know, cause I've got a, I have a perfectly fine life. I've made plenty of money. I'm not doing any of this for money. You know, none of the, the show or the comedy or the, or anything that I'm doing and, and the work that I do with charities. I don't take money. I give hundreds of thousands. We we're about 3 million bucks that we brought, brought in for charities over the course of the last 12 months. Like I don't put, I don't take any money from the, from those activities. And, but I had the same question in my mind and it was a belief system that I had to say, you know what? If I stop here, hmm. what are my children going to think of me? Right. Even if they never found out, right. Even if they never found out, if I cowered, under mistakes and a human being that I'm not. And, and this, this is in science. There's right. no cell of you that was alive. You know, that there was alive 10 years ago. It's right. all been replaced. We're not the same, literally physically, not the same person right now. Mentally we, we grow and we do all these kind of things. And the problem is we have people in our lives that remember something that we did wrong. And those are the people that go on social media. Hey, did you, did you know that Jason did this? Did you know that Jason did that? Blah, 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 blah. To try to destroy the credibility that you have in service. Right. Right. Because they don't want you to get bigger than they are. And those are called trolls. And I reverse the way that I believe about that because there's people that are out there. I have done real harm in my, in my life, real harm. 
and I've done my best to, to make amends for it. And I'm certainly not doing those things today. Right. Right. And, and so when they come out of the woodwork, I just feel like they're giving me all of their creativity. They're giving me all their power, like a superpower, right? When they, when you see some of the, the, the people, they suck the energy out of, out of somebody <laughs> else and they become stronger and stronger. That's how I feel. That's that bit, that big red eight behind you gets fed by negative energy because they're giving us their valuable asset called time energy. Our names are in their mouth, like all that kind of stuff. So when you look at your scenario, I can't imagine anything that you've done was worse than saying on, on a a recording, I'm going to grab her by the pussy. Yeah. (laughs) You would, you would would think that president of the fucking United States. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So whatever happened with you, you know, if you decide you want to serve, I look, I'm never going to run for public office because they destroy people. And that's yeah. what they, that's, the, that's what they're trying to do. If you brought any of the founding fathers forward today, they would be destroyed. They were all uh, cheaters and drunks and slave owners and all, you know, all racist and all of the other stuff that goes along. All of them were that. And today these panty waist 